With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everybody and welcome to earth versus soup episode 94 i'm aaron pollier and i'm darlene and again i apologize ahead of time for any coughing wheezing uh we are fighting the uh disease that shall not be named the plague <laughs> the, the 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 plague of 2021 and 2020 yeah. and 2021 just... and 2022 <laughs> so i apologize ahead of time if we cough we sneeze etc um we are we have used some of our time in quarantine to actually watch some old movies um and this week's is blood of the vampire from 1958 it's available on tubi uh it is an hour and i don't i have 87 minutes yeah hour and 27 minutes color horror film it was double featured with Monster on Campus, which is our episode 23, 25. 25. Yep, yep. We have reviewed Monster on Campus, and I thought we liked it. I didn't know if we, I don't remember if we recommended it or not, but I do remember thinking that it was decent now, at least looking back on it. I can remember a lot of the scenes of Monster on Campus. So it, it has a pinch of salt uh, of to the book the blood of the vampire which is a gothic novel by florence how would you pronounce that marinette marriott marriott from 1897 this is setting taking in the setting is supposed to be in transylvania in 1874 18 i thought it was 1884 and then it jumps like six years or eight years or something like that after that first opening shot because it says Transylvania 1874, um, the the time in it is a little weird because some of the tombstones that we see have strange dates on them for how long in the future this is supposed to have jumped after the prologue. And one of the characters' tombstone 
has an improper date as well on it. Yeah. And, and it, it did get confusing. But let's talk about the book Blood of the Vampire um, really quick. What is the connection between this movie and the book? And it is that vampires have a scientific explanation rather than a mystical one. That's about the only connection between these two pieces of work. Um, the novel has been fairly well forgotten, even though it is, it seemingly is a pretty intense book. And it's one that I may pick up at some point and, and read, uh, the reviews that I say have seen on it, it, it says it touches on like race relations. I think there's stuff that happens in Jamaica between like former slaves and overseers. I think there's something to do with eugenics in it that I've read. Um, so a pretty pretty in-depth novel for me. But do you realize it's a gothic novel, yeah, which yeah, yeah. means that it's got gothic romance to it. It probably. might. might, Or it's kind of grim dark in, in some ways. Let or dark look, romance, that kind of thing. That's what I was thinking it probably was, especially um, considering it was Florence. So this, when we read about this movie after we watched it, we found out that a lot of people immediately consider this a hammer horror film because it came out right at the time that hammer horror started. The main writer is a hammer horror writer and it looks a lot like hammer horror films. It, uh, the settings, the set, the set pieces, not just the setting, the set pieces are really well done, are very hammerstein. Hammerstein, hammer, for hammer, horror. hammer, horror, Hammerstein. Jesus. Anyway, um, let's talk about the plot because there actually is a plot here. There's there's actual meat to this movie, and that's not a a blood pun by any means. So we start the movie in Transylvania of 1874. You know, because Transylvania it just sounds cool. As With Laszlo a grave. would say, yeah. Um, yeah, a, a grave is being dug and there's like this basic refresher text crawl of what vampires are. You and read it. I didn't get to. I just read it really quick and I wrote down text crawl about how to kill a vampire. Um, a body is kicked into the grave and then is staked. Okay. Um, everyone leaves except the grave digger who is then killed by a man who pulls a dagger on him. He like comes out of the He's shadows. severely disfigured. He's severely disfigured, but we and don't see that right away. All, yeah, you do. No, all we see. He sneaks around the corner. All we really see of him immediately, the first shot is that he has like this hairy hand. And then we'll, we'll we start seeing more and more about how deformed he is. Um, he has like a, a, a slouched eye on one side of his face. He's clearly hunchbacked. He has some um, malformities in his limbs, etc. All right. And they really bushied his eyebrows. So there he this guy stabs the gravedigger. There's a scream and the scream immediately goes into with a really good edit cut edit into this music and dancing happening at a local pub. Okay? I didn't get that, though. You were watching it. I even looked over and you went. You know, I was you just, it was shocked. Face. It was shocked to like, the, it was a really trans good transition between I, the scenes because the gravedigger was yelling and then it goes into the woman dancing and, and laughing, laughing and squealing in joy. But I don't know if that was a good transition. <laughs> I thought, it, I thought it really was it, it well shocked done. me. Um, but everything grinds to a halt as this deformed man enters and goes up to a guy that's basically 
sexually assaulting one of the the barmaids and he is in a a nice three-piece suit he's clearly wealthy and well off and this guy the deformed man does not speak he never speaks through this film he's unable to speak so he draws this guy out and they go to a windmill where inside there's a body of this guy that had been staked and buried well about to be buried yeah and there's a heart that is being kept beating by a machine nearby. So we find out that this wealthy doctor has been contracted somehow, probably by the guy that's now on the table, to put his heart back in uh, at some but point. It wasn't his heart. Yeah, it was. Sure was. It was taken out and kept alive. And I guess this doctor. It's not what they said on the end. That's a completely different heart completely different heart because we see we see the machine that's keeping the heart beating it no longer has the heart in it and then he specifically says i have removed this man's heart later on and it's kept beating in this machine he has no more need for it but he does say that was his heart i thought they had a heart transplant nope not not that i'm aware of not that i'm aware of so this guy this doctor puts the heart back in this corpse and he comes back to life, but not immediately. And the doctor um, tries to blackmail the the deformed man. Yeah, he tries to blackmail, saying the money the, that you gave he, me well, is not enough. Carl kills him, though. Yeah, his name's Carl. We do find out that later on. And Carl just often kills this guy instead of um, <laughs> trying to negotiate or whatever. Because this guy's like, you know, I think the authorities would be very interested in hearing what what uh, I have to say about what's happened here. And yeah, Carl kills him. And then we go six years later, six years past. So now it's like 1880, right? To a, to a trial that is underway. And we're not really told where this trial's taking place, but we have to assume it's somewhere in the German, in the Germany area, Germany or Austria. It, I don't think it's supposed to be Transylvania. I don't, I don't think it's supposed no, to be. No, I didn't think it was Transylvania, but the outfits looked French, actually. So maybe it's Prussian or something like that. Who, who knows? It's it's an indistinct place in Central Europe, but at it, the very least, because there are like all mountains the, and things. All the uniforms of the, uh, um, the guards were very um, like the French. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. So it, it turns out that there's a doctor who is on trial. His name is Jean-Pierre. Well, Jean-Pierre. I always wrote down in my notes Jean because... You, it made you feel like it was in France. Yeah, at that point it was in France. Um, he is being... On, well, he's on trial for the murder of a patient. And... For malpractice. Yeah, he is found of guilty ma- of malpractice leading to murder. Um... No, manslaughter. I thought murder, it, it well, says, murder. leading to murder. And After doing it, a blood transfusion. Yeah, it's it's about a blood transfusion. He had written to his mentor, I think in France, to... Actually, no, it wasn't in she France. In Geneva is where he Geneva. was. Geneva, it was Geneva. It was Switzerland. And he said, hey, look, I'm waiting for the letter of my mentor. He will explain that the procedure that I was doing was not like torture it was an accepted medical procedure etc etc and the judge goes well yes we did get a letter back from your and he doesn't even know you and he doesn't even know you and the 
doctor who's on trial is like shocked but he tries to hold it together because he's like then there's something seriously wrong here um there's a woman that's in the in inside the courtroom and it becomes clear that she was his fiance that they were to be married next week and then her name's Madeline, which makes you also go to the thought of well, I don't, on. <laughs> I don't know. So they were to be married next week. Um, she gives him a locket with her picture and kisses him goodbye uh, and says, I will go and find your mentor. I will find out what's going wrong and I will come. I will come and free you. And she's with a. I think it's elderly. her father. I think it's supposed to be her father. Well, I do have a person that's called uncle in this Oh, thing. then so it might be it her might uncle. Be your it doesn't uncle. matter. Um, we see blacksmiths forge shackles around John pierres uh, wrists, and he's taken outside to a carriage that Carl, the deformed man, is leading. He's leading this. He's like driving this carriage. Okay. So it turns out that John pierre is taken to a castle and it has a sign on the outside that says prison he, for the criminally insane. Even though he was supposed to go to a penal colony. Yeah, he was supposed to go to like this island. Um, there's dogs that are barking and they have like these giant spike collars and they're on chains. Um, in the main hall, we see people that are being tortured, like flayed. Um, when they walk in the door, very first in the front is a guy that is yeah, he, so bad. He's Yeah, his skin is hanging off him. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it doesn't look too bad. It's not like gruesome torture porn. It's just, yeah, they clearly are torturing people and they don't need to do any more to suggest that than this simple thing. Yes. Okay. Um, the guard takes his amulet and throws him into a cell because he says no, no personal possessions. And there's already a man in his cell. And what, what was his name? Um, his I think name, it's like Kurt. Kurt. Um, he seems to be actually a very kind man. Do we ever learn why he's in jail? Uh, something to do with he was protecting his, uh, a girl and got in a fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. killed. It was with, like, a mayor or something like that. A mayor was, like, going after this girl, and he stood up to the mayor and got thrown in here. So Carl now, not Kurt, Carl, uh, the, the deformed man, takes this locket and unlike in the regular like Dracula tales where Dracula falls in love with the woman by seeing her, her picture, it's Carl here kind of going, Ooh, she's pretty, but doesn't fall in love with this image. He's just like, she's pretty. I'll keep this locket. Um, well, he does have a Notre Dame. Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Not, no, Notre Dame. Oh, no oh, yes. Hunchback of no. Anyway. Um, we have our main character and uh, Kurt are brought out to work on a grave, basically digging graves. And it turns out there's a whole chunk of this inner castle courtyard that are graves. Um, this comes, it, this becomes important later on. Um, a man passes out, but when he hears that Dr. Calistratus is coming, this guy is so terrified that he like stands up and tries to keep working, even though he, the doctor, Dr. Jean-Pierre was like, this guy should have just stayed down. It, it, it takes a lot of fear to, to motivate. Somebody yeah. And, like that. and the guard that's there, there's an interesting thing about it. He goes, he goes, you're not a doctor. Well, you're not a doctor any longer. You're a prisoner. Yeah. 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 
And so, this is the guard that is a bit of a... The other ones are not like this guy. The head guard is... He's The head guard is a real bastard. He's... Yeah, I think he might be the reason why people are being tortured because a lot of the other guards don't seem that awful. Like, they just seem like they're doing their jobs. They don't... We don't see them really mistreat anyone, which is interesting. It just seems to be this head guard who has, like, the scar on his face. Yeah, and he's really... So Calistratus calls Jean-Pierre into his office. And here we learn that Jean-Pierre, the procedure that he was doing was blood transfusions. And Calistratus wants to work with Jean-Pierre with these experiments and wants Jean-Pierre to classify and categorize all the different blood groups. You got and some science here of, of showing... Uh, like the different blood groups don't work together. I really body. like that prop that they had of the microscope. Oh, the old microscope. Yeah, okay, folks... Ahead of time, every prop in this movie is actually pretty good. The sets are really good. So this laboratory set is really cool. There's lots of really cool things in it. Um, and it's not just like stupid science stuff. Yeah, there's your typical like bubbling beakers and things like that, that, that with colored water in it. That's everywhere. But like the, the Victorian era microscopes and the, like the brass microscope. Yeah, yeah, it's all very beautiful. Um they he had the john pierre gets his manacles removed he's given a very nice room um and then we go back to see carl the the deformed man strapping a prisoner down on the table he is uh they then start drawing blood from him and we then also see it being fed into calistratus's arm via an iv drip uh the doctor's housekeeper is spying and is caught and we're never really said told exactly what happens but carl grabs her and straps her to the wall and calistrata says you know you'll have your payment for being nosy and we don't ever really find out what happened to her but you assume that it's she's become a victim yes yes um so we then see that madeline has gone to geneva and found john pierre's mentor who has said he never got the letter. Now they're back talking to the judge that was in charge of this, the original trial. He never gotten the letter and that he never signed that. That's not his signature on this letter. Um, Therefore the judge ends up wanting to review the entire case and maybe free Jean-Pierre because it seems like there's shenanigans that have gone on in this. And the next scene, isn't it the scene with, isn't the next scene the scene with the commissioner? Yes. So we, we also see that Jean-Pierre is trying to talk to his old cellmate and returns to the lab to try to go down and see what's behind the door that uh, Calistratus and Carl are, are hiding behind, but he's, he's and, like attacked by Carl. And at this time, on hindsight, I think that Carl deliberately left it open. Yeah, to try to get this guy killed or whatever. Um, but yeah, the we have a character that is like the inspector of prisons that has a couple meetings here with Calistratus throughout the movie. And we find out that he's the guy that wrote the letter, wrote the letter in return and signed it. And that he has been covering up all the deaths that have been occurring at Calistratus's prison castle thing. Uh, pris- uh, prison of in- criminally insane. Yes. 
so what we what we find out in the next couple scenes is that uh there is a condition that's being researched that uh that has a blood group that attacks all other blood groups and like converts it into it all right so it's obviously this is like the vampirism condition and calistratus has it but they don't say it at this point in time but you it's implied yes he said, and, and we also find out that Jean-Pierre has been ordered to be released by like this judge and the inspector of prisons has come to talk about that. And I think at this point, Calistrata says that Jean-Pierre is not alive anymore. Yeah, because dead. he escaped with his friend. Um... Yeah, but we that's the next scene is Jean-Pierre and his former cellmate plan on escaping by poisoning the dogs. And um, it was all set up. It was all a big setup because the guy that was supposed to poison the dogs ended up giving them the giving them the poison instead of actually <coughs> using it himself. And it's car not Carl Kurt, his former cellmate is like torn apart by the dogs as they try to escape. But um, Jean-Pierre tries to warn him isn't in time, but he is still like inside the prison and is not torn apart by the dogs. Uh, let's see here. We're getting c- close to the end of the movie. So Madeline learns that John and another man were killed in the attempt to escape. And she says, no way in hell. Uh, there's also the lie that um, the warden does. Callus, the vampire. Calistratus is not Calistratus. the warden. He's just, because the, the warden is the the, the, the lead guard, the, the douchebag. Well, I, what well, do they maybe, call maybe the Calistratus person is, is, is the, the head of the, the prison? I guess I guess he is the warden. I wouldn't consider him the warden because he's not really like acting as a head of the guards. He's But he's head of the whole insane thing. Well, Madeline's ticked off. But he, he, he lies to um, Jean-Pierre that... It was denied. Yeah, all of his appeals have been denied. Now, Madeline thinks this is all crap. And she decides to come out to the castle. And as the housekeeper. Yeah, to to be hired as a housekeeper because she wants to find out if John is still alive, if she can break him out, <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera. And as soon as she comes out there, she sees John being let out of Calistratus's office. They don't acknowledge each other, but they do stop and like look at each other. And stare. So like John like knows that Madeline's there to help him, but also knows that she's in some pretty serious danger because of Calistratus. Um, she's gutsy. Yes, and Carl recognizes Madeline from the locket, and he now knows that there's something up, but he can't really communicate it because he's mute. Um, John sneaks out of his cell after digging out the bars from his window because his cell isn't like a bad cell. It's actually a nice room while he's helping Calistratus. He's like, he gets certain perks and he goes out to dig up the grave of his friend. And it turns out that the coffin is empty. And now he knows that like, even the bodies are being used. You missed the time that he, he climbed up into a window. Cause you went out the door. That's actually after this. Oh, again, Darlene, whenever Darlene says you forgot to talk about this, it's actually the next scene. Um, we have that is actually the the next scene where he actually goes to see Madeline. 
Um, we also have the head warden seeing him actually go in and out and tries to kill him, but he's instead killed. Um, he, he does the whole wine trick with the, 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 the housekeeper. Or am I ta- thinking about the commissioner? <laughs> You're thinking about the commissioner okay, who then yeah. tries to rape Madeline. Okay. And yeah, he's and tossed the, out by Calistratus. It was the head guard that took the bayonet as well as the rifle. And yes, there's a, and tries uh, there's a to stab. fight scene between a shovel and yes, a bayonet. But he falls on his own bayonet that breaks off in a coffin lid. That's like, so the head guard is killed. Madeline is saved by Calistratus because Calistratus might be an immoral medical researcher, but he is not going to stand for a woman being raped. So that makes you believe that at least with his housekeeper, she wasn't molested. She was probably just drained of blood and killed. At the very least, we can come to this conclusion. It does seem like Calistratus is not about people being abused like that. All right. He, he's a gentleman or something. like yeah, that. Yeah. And that's what it comes across. I don't as. understand why he kept that head guard besides the terror that he needed everybody uh, on. the inspector is told to leave and here's where we have madeline brought into the secret lab by calistratus because now he knows something is up there's something really funky going on and it has to it it has to be with this new housekeeper and jean pierre um she has shown that there's like a man frozen in a block of ice there's another man being kept alive with an artificial heart and that happens to be Je- uh kurt um no well, i think kurt, kurt was, is just is another is just chained to one of the one of the pillars um jean pierre and madeline are then chained up to a pillar and calistratus ends up shooting carl in the eye and this is the underneath laboratory yeah this is the secret Ooh. laboratory because carl is like really upset that madeline is going to be tortured i guess and it's at this point that we find out that Kurt, his uh, John Pierre's former cellmate is still alive and being experimented on. And he actually like grabs Calistratus and holds him with like the last ounce of his strength while Jean, uh, Jean Pierre takes him out and like kills him. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting way of doing it. Cause he's trying to strike Callis. He doesn't Calistratus kill. He doesn't tries kill Calistratus. To- Calistratus tries to, get away from Kurt yeah. and moving the whole towards Jean-Pierre yeah. and Jean-Pierre hits him over the head with his yeah. shackles. Yeah. And knocks him out and he's able to actually get him and Madeline out of the shackles. But, but Kurt does die at this point. Like it was like the last ounce of his strength. Um, He wakes Madeline up because Madeline had been like drugged to keep her compliant while Calistratus was going to like lord it over Jean-Pierre. Um, but he holds Jean-Pierre holds Calistratus at knife point and demands safe passage to the main gates or he'll stab him. They start going through the castle, right? Every he's at knife point. Calistratus is at knife point. Madeline and Jean-Pierre are right behind him. And we see Carl wake up. He actually hasn't been killed by the shot to the eye because his his like one good eye i guess it like glanced off the side of his his face because it wasn't like a modern gun it was like a blunderbuss almost yeah that's what i said whoa he's holding these people at blunderbust because so, all you see is the big barrels so jean pierre and uh, madeline are able to get out of the castle by bluffing their way past the guards with calistratus ordering them to let them out 
Um, Calistra stays within the gates of the castle. Um, and John and, and uh, Jean Pierre and Madeline are they flee. But at this point, Carl comes up, is pissed off that is his. I don't know the 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 Dracula master. I guess I guess he went one too far. Yeah, for it was Carl. yeah, it was it was one step too far. And Carl ends up um, pulling this lever that keeps the dog on the chain, so they are let loose and they tear Calistratus apart. Yeah, it, it the scene really doesn't look like dogs that are tearing people apart, and that's, <laughs> it looks more like they're licking him to death. That's the end. That's the end. Okay, that's the movie. Oops, sorry, that is the movie. So we've already said that there's things that do work really well in this. The The sets are very good. They're it, very it's good. It's definitely a gothic. A gothic horror. horror. Uh, it is science fiction because it's a science fiction concept for what Blood vampires like. Fusion. Yeah, there's vampires are like a scientific. It's a medical thing rather than like a spiritual or magical thing. Um, the sets are fantastic. The props are fantastic. The costuming is fantastic. It's very, very well done. Um, is there, is there anything else that stands out to you as being like, this works, this, like, this is the top of the top for this movie at the very least. The plot actually even goes. Yeah, the plot's pretty damn good. Um, there was times when I was knitting and going, (laughs) but for that type of a movie, you're going to do that anyway. Yeah. I. Is there anything else that really stands out to you as you you think this this worked really well in this movie? Um. Well, you've you said some of them. The uh, the sets were good. The. I like the matte paintings. The matte paintings were good. Very artistic. Um. It, the 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 two people that were supposed to be lovers was not in your face or not like they did have chemistry together yes and Barbara uh, Barbara Shelley is the person that played Madeline she she is your typical kind of Victorian woman like high, higher class woman in that with an education she does have an education but she's not like she's not a doctor or anything but she's very brave for what she does like she really puts herself out on a limb to go out to this insane asylum to try to rescue her husband well her fiance Say. they're not married yet um and she's you get very from brave the fact that there's an uh, uncle or 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 a relative that's with her in the thing that he's actually some kind of educated individual too yes that's her guardian or whatever now barbara shelley also appeared in doctor who like the old series of doctor who so i thought i'd mention that um this does seem like a horror hammer uh, a hammer horror film but it is i think it's really underrated this movie like people don't seem to really yeah it's it's not it's not really that 5. well known. 5.5 out of 10? On, on Internet Movie Database. No, that doesn't deserve that. Um, one mean, of the other things that I, I would like to mention about where I think why this movie works really well is the two producers. The uh, Well, the two producers are actually kind of a big deal. They're the ones that produced The Saint, the TV show The Saint, um, and held the rights for The Saint all the way through their death. Uh, they even produced the same movie with Val Kilmer in the 1990s, which I thought was actually pretty good too. Um, the writer 
who is uh oh boy was that jimmy yeah jimmy jimmy sangster he'd go on to actually write many of the hammer horror films so the behind the scenes people in this were top notch um was there anything that didn't work the eye patch for the um makeup yeah makeup on 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 carl the uh the the deformed because it would have been <coughs> better if it was they made it look like it was just a closed eye yeah like because if up it eye. was because uh, it it was this eye that was almost dripping out of his socket yeah it didn't it didn't look and very if good. it was you know if it was doing that it would have dried up I don't know. Maybe we don't know the the medical of it. I know that's what you said, but I don't know. I, I will agree that the makeup did not look good on that. But... And then sometimes you could actually see that it was a patch. Yes, and according according to trivia, the uh, actor got headaches from from it because he was only using one eye really to see at all times, and it really actually pained him. Um, anything else that didn't really work. She makes a gesture on an I'm audio, like, like, I don't know what else to say. You no, I asked you can say no, work, no. And what didn't? It was the eye patch, and that's about it. Yeah. Okay. So except that I always wanted to to kick the the head guard. In oh, the head guard was a he, the so actor he did, did a really good job. He did yeah. a good job of what you really wanted to kick him. Yes. Um. What can modern filmmakers take away from this movie, do you think? Because I think there are lessons here to to be learned. That there aren't that many sets in this. Well, the matte planings wouldn't go over today. No, they wouldn't. But I would say that if you get a couple classically trained actors together... Do you think they were classically trained? They did a ton of different things on TV. I'm sure that they had theater experience. They're they're British actors. Most British, and I'm, I am overly generalizing there, but most British actors have some sort of connection to theater. Um, I don't know. I think good sets and good costuming can go a long way to cover up flaws. Not that this movie has flaws, really. And the settings of this could actually be done on a theater. Yeah, they could be done on the stage. You could actually try to set it up, set the scenes up so there doesn't have to be lots of scene transitions between different sets. It would be, I don't know, I think it would be, it would it would work as a stage play. It would work because you could have like act one being um, a the quick court. scene change between the court and then uh, the cells. Like scene, uh, act two being all in the laboratory and then like act three being out in the courtyard. You could, you could set almost everything out in the courtyard. Almost everything. You can transition between the two too. So are we recommending this film? Um, yeah. If you want to see something, I wouldn't say it's in our genre. I would say it is in our genres, but it's because it is science fiction. We have watched other films that are very, very vaguely science fiction before. Um, we've watched a werewolf movie for yes. this show that was barely science fiction, but we thought it did fit into the genre. And I 
agree. Well, I, I do. I strongly feel that this does fit into the Earth versus Soup umbrella. It's underneath it. In fact, I would go so far as to say that most of the Hammer horror films could also fit under our umbrella. And it might be a good idea to watch. At the very, very, very least, all the Frankenstein stuff is clearly science fiction. I mean, well, Mary, Mary Shelley would, would, would disagree. She would say it's like romantic fiction, but I think modern people would go, yeah, Frankenstein is science fiction. Um, I highly recommend this film. I loved this film. This is one of the better Dracula ripoff that I've seen in a while. Cause we've, we've actually watched a couple Dracula ish films for this show. Um, I think at, at least one other. On but. the makeup part, though, I will say this. They did do the first scene that you have with Calistratus. Stratus. He is white looking, grayish white. So yeah, they, they did a good did job on that. They did do on that one. But it's just the patch of. And by the way, Calistratus, the guy that plays Calistratus, is not doing a Bella Lugosi impression ever. Which yes, I think he's helps. got he's got the eyebrows though. He's got these crazy eyebrows, but he's not doing a Bella Lugosi impression. He's just being an actor, and I think that actually benefits this movie. Like, don't do Bella Lugosi. Do you and be a vampire. Like and and he's his own He's not a vampire though. He's a doctor that got a, a blood, blood disease. Yeah, but can live without his heart in his chest and can he go out in the daylight? I think so, actually. Yes. He can. He's a very strange vampire. He does need to have blood transfusions. Yes. No, he needs blood. He doesn't drink it. He... No, he gets he injects it into himself. Yeah, I, I love this movie. I'd, I'd watch this again. I mean, not right away, but I would watch this again. I like this movie. So that I think that's a pretty strong recommendation for me. And it's a, it's a recommendation for me. So we hope you enjoyed listening and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Good night. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Thanks for listening to this episode of This Week in Geek. Hungry for more? Check out our website at thisweekingeek.net. You can subscribe to the podcast, browse our Twitter and Instagram, and leave your thoughts on today's topics. If you'd like to give us some feedback, send us an email at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. Tune in next time, and remember... We would be honored if you would join us. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night.